Hello, hello, hello. What's up, visionaries? Welcome to episode number 31 of Create Your Vibrant Life podcast, The Reasons Why We Make Life Hard. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about if you feel that life is hard, no matter what you do, success eludes you, then I really invite you to listen to this episode because this is going to be life-changing when you can start applying the simple yet powerful steps I will be sharing in this episode. Things can really shift fundamentally for you. So whatever you do, give this your full attention. And as always, please bring your journal with you so you can start to take notes because these episodes are meant for transformation. They're not just me giving you information. <laughs> They're meant for you to also take action and experience the transformation for yourself. Welcome to Create Your Vibrant Life podcast, where you can create the life you desire by tapping into your inner wisdom. I'm your host, Padma Ali. I'm widely known in the field of psychology as helping create long-lasting transformation and now, I'm here to help you create the life you desire using the combination of neuropsychology and ancient healing practices. This podcast is for you overachievers who are ready to unlock your highest potential so you can live the life of your dreams without the hustle. I'm here to guide you through a process of self-discovery to be the creator of your destiny. You can have that fulfilling career, that relationship, the abundance, all by taking aligned actions, simply by tapping into the power of your brain, your inner wisdom and ancient practices. So tune in folks, I am so delighted you're here. I can't believe it's already episode number 31. Hello everybody, this is your host Padma Ali. Today's episode, The Reasons Why We Make Life Hard, is something very special to me because this is a mistake I made for pretty much a long time in my life. And I learned the hard way and have seen so many of my clients struggle with the same mistake. And so I thought this would be very helpful for many of you out there because of this belief that life is hard. So the fact that you're listening to this episode tells me that you kind of don't like why your life feels like a struggle or why it often feels like an uphill battle. And if that's you, I feel you. I hear you. I used to be that way, and that's not very long time ago. And I also want you to know right off the bat that it's not you. I'm going to explain that later, but I just want to at least mention that. And, you know, if you feel, <laughs> if you feel like you want to change something and you're like, how do I do this? But it's so hard. You kind of left scratching your head and saying like, well, how on earth do I change how my life feels? Why does life feel like such an uphill battle? Why does no matter why does, oh my goodness, why <laughs> Why do I feel like no matter what I do, it's never, my life doesn't change. 
And if that's you, I also want you to know that this is a this is pretty com this is a pretty common struggle. And you're not alone. You're really not alone. I've seen so many people deal with that. And I used to deal with that too. And in this episode, I'm going to help you discover that there's a reason why we make life hard and also share some powerful, powerful steps to change that. I'm also going to share some of my personal stories and some of my client stories. I'm generally more I generally share more of my own stories and uh, because I'm very careful not to divulge anything confidential about my clients to give away their identities or any of that. So that's one of the reasons I share more of my story because it makes, you know, it's also more relatable than for you. And here's one piece I want you to sit with as you listen to this episode. You can have a different life experience if your life feels hard. If it feels like an uphill battle, I am inviting you to consider the possibility of having a different life experience. Now, you may hear that and go, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what's happening. And this is happening and COVID and blah and blue and bleh, right? And if you feel that way, that's okay. Whatever you feel is welcome here. But I'm inviting you to consider the possibility that life experience, your life experience can be different. So I want to first talk about why, why we often feel like life is hard. And it's not just you. I see this pretty much in many, many places, like, you know, on Facebook. Facebook is a great example. I don't particularly like Facebook because it's just it just feels like when I go in there I'm flooded with information which I don't even want and I don't I'm particularly sensitive to that so I personally just go in there and go to some of my groups that are there and also for my work for my group as well so I go in there just for work reasons and I get out and I also have some pretty amazing communities of mom communities that I go in there for other personal support. But other than that, I don't scroll Facebook. I just don't linger there very, very much. But I see this even when I just log in. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like how like a lot of people struggle. A lot of people have this experience of like life is hard. This is hard. I don't have enough money. I don't have a proper relationship. I don't have the support. I don't have this. And this is happening. And that's happening. There's so much of that ha- that I witness. So I first wanted to talk about why we make life hard. And like I said before, it's not you. So one of the reasons, I think I have three or four reasons I have to check, but one of the reasons why we make life hard is because we observe that life is hard. Or certain life experiences are hard. What do I mean by that? Think about the time in your life when you were growing up. What did you observe? What did you observe in your family? What did you observe with your parents or your caretakers? And you may already know this. If you've been following me for a while, you know I talk a lot about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And you may already know this, that the mind 
is purely subconscious until almost the age of seven, which is why if you see children, they are so they absorb everything, everything. If you have children in your life, you may see that you, 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 you might not even be addressing them directly, but they are absorbing information from what's happening around them. And that's because this is the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is extraordinarily powerful. Our brain is extraordinarily powerful, but our subconscious mind is even more powerful. This is why, you know, like when I was growing up, I learned three, four languages. By the age of seven, I was fluently speaking like three or four languages. Now I don't remember all of them. I speak three languages pretty fluently, including English. But I grew up like speaking four languages very fluently. And so it's because the, the, the mind is so powerful. It can do anything at that age. And that's why if you see kids, they have no, many kids don't have any fear. Like they're like fearless. And that's, that's the, that's the amazing aspect of the subconscious mind. At the same time, what often happens because it's absorbing everything. If you observe that your parents or caretakers are being, are overwhelmed or they're struggling, then what's what are you going to believe? Think about your own life experience. What did you absorb? Absorb. What did you observe with your parents or your caretakers? What did what did you see? If you observed that they were struggling, your belief is going to be life is a struggle. I'm going to share an example. This may make more sense to you. So one of my clients, Bob, he grew up. Of course, and the name is fictitious, if you haven't guessed by now. He grew up in a pretty affluent home, and his parents were very well-educated, and they, they, were, they had high-flying jobs. They were very, very affluent. They, they lived in a pretty, aff- they lived a pretty affluent, afflu- affluent life. Oh, my goodness. Why can't I speak today? But what he observed was his parents were continuously up in arms with each other. Their relationship was not good. Even though their lifestyle was good, their relationship wasn't good. And unconsciously, unconsciously, he started to believe that either he can have a successful career or he can have a successful relationship because at that age, he he assumed that their, their relationship was not good because both his parents worked a lot. Now, nobody said that to him, but this is the conclusion he came to, that relationships are hard, it can create problems, it can create unhappiness. So, somewhere, he concluded relationships are tough. Now, as human beings, we are social beings, we want relationships. So, he couldn't, for the life of him, sustain an intimate relationship beyond three to six months, and he could not figure out why. And this was until his late 30s. And there was a part of him that was very, very nervous about like, what's going on? Like, why can't I have this? What's wrong? What's going on? And why can't this last? And here's the kicker. In the meantime, he had a beautiful, amazing, successful career. So when we worked together, this was a while ago. I haven't uh, I haven't seen him. I haven't worked with him in a long time. We cleared both patterns of beliefs that was subconsciously in in his programming about why relationships are hard and also the energetic imprint which I will talk about later 
about about relationships and uh, conclusion that it's hard. And because it's been a long time, I haven't wor- I haven't seen him in a long time. But periodically now, I will receive updates from him about you know he's in a happy marriage, he has kids, like things are very different. Very, very different. So this transformation can be long term, can be long lasting. It's not like it just do it now and then it's gone. It will, it's, it can have long lasting effects, both in the positive and the negative. So when, by doing this work, he was able to shift some of these old patterns. So the first, one of the reasons why we think life is hard or we make life hard is because we observe that life is hard. Whatever we observe in our environment becomes part of our belief system. And this is one of the reasons why I said, it's not you. If you are struggling, it's not you. If If you think life is hard, it's not because of you. And so bringing it back to you, what did you observe in your life? Make notes of that. The best way to look at this is to look at all aspects of your life. You know, one of my favorite activities with my activities, (laughs) assignments for my, for my clients is to have them divide up their life into different aspects, relationship, money, career, health, spirituality, and then have them look at each of these aspects and then observe what was, what are some of the what did you observe with your parents or with your caregivers about these particular topics? What are you still carrying with you? Is that working for you? And this piece is vital, right? This, this, what I'm going to share with you now is going to be one of the most important pieces. And if you can really put that, if you can really take that in, it will start shifting you immediately. Okay. Your life is a mirror of your internal world. Whatever is happening on the outside is just a reflection on the inside. So if you don't have the relationship you desire, the money you want, the career, the 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 title, job title, whatever it is that you desire, then it's time to look at what beliefs, what stories are you holding on the inside because that's contributing to the outside. You know, Ernest Holmes' famous quote, life is a mirror and will reflect back to the thinker what he thinks unto it. Life is a mirror and will reflect back to the thinker what he thinks into it. This quote by, this is a very famous quote by Ernest Holmes. And if you can really take that in, folks, things are really going to shift for you. So these are my questions for you. What did you observe about your money situation? Were your parents stressed out about money? Did they, did they, did you hear them talk about things like, oh, it's too expensive. We can't afford it. Even if they never told you directly, did you, were you, did you witness that? What did you observe about emotions in your family? Did you know that anger, overwhelm, anxiety, they're all learned behaviors. Yes, there might be a, a, a chemical component to anxiety and stuff like that. But really, like whatever you observe with your caretakers, you are going to start to, you might find yourself do, being that way. 
if you had a parent who was overwhelmed, like my my mom was overwhelmed, I my for the longest time I used to live in overwhelm. Everything used to be I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed till I shifted like no, it's a choice. Overwhelm is a choice and I am unwilling I'm not available for overwhelm anymore. And I'm going to share some some steps with you towards the end so stay tuned for that. But for now, even emotions is something that we have taken on. If you observe from your caregivers that life is hard, if that's the message that they gave you consciously or unconsciously, then you will continue to look at life from that lens. And then what happens? Think about it. Like if you wear rose-colored glasses, what is the world going to appear to you? Rose-colored, right? And the same thing. So if you have observed that, then that's what you're going to experience. This is so vital if you can just even even start to take that in. And the reason I keep saying it's not you is because oftentimes what I notice with my clients when they come to work with me, when they by the time they come, there's somehow they've made it about themselves, like saying, ah, like, you know, it's somehow it's their fault. Like if life is hard, it's somehow they've made it hard. Yes, you have. But if you can even create that little bit of separation between you and, okay, this is something I learned so I can unlearn it. How powerful is that? So that's one of the reasons I keep keep saying over and over again, if you have learned it, you can unlearn it, which means if you have learned this behavior, you can unlearn that behavior. It's, it, that's it. It's as simple as that. Now, another reason why we make life hard is what we are told about ourselves or the beliefs we form about ourselves. If we are told life is hard or you are something, you are blah, 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 you're going to start believing that. So what are beliefs? Beliefs are nothing but stories we tell ourselves over and over and over again. So go back to your life, right? Something happens. We experience an event, especially as children. We have no control over what's, a lot of times we have no control over what's happening. So we experience something and the human mind is geared towards making meaning of that experience. So we try to make an, make meaning of that experience of something that may not have any meaning or may not even make sense to you. So you make a meaning out of it. And then we form a belief about that. We make it about ourselves, and then we keep repeating that over and over and over again, and then that becomes a belief, and we live our entire life from that belief. You know, um, I can give you another example about that. So a client of mine, she, she was sexually abused, okay? It was her brother's friend. And this happened when she was very, very young, probably like, you know, six or seven, maybe, and somehow... She concluded that it was her fault, like she made it happen, which is often how um, victims of sexual abuse often look at life. Like it's, I mean, not look at life, look at that experience. Somehow they made it happen. It's their fault. And the belief she formed from that experience was if things go wrong in her life, it's somehow her fault. If someone says something or someone someone dislikes her, um, then somehow it's her fault. If something happens in her work, somehow it's her fault. Like some somehow it's her fault or she's to blame. 
No one said that to her. But because she couldn't control what had happened at that time, she concluded it was her fault. And then that belief continued, even though that experience kind of disappeared, that belief continued, continued throughout her life till we shifted it. Oh, and this is a really, 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 really good one. <laughs> so when I ask you this question, okay, I want you to think about it and, t- and, and take a second and answer this. If you need to pause the audio, please do. So what's your answer when I ask you this question? Is the world a safe place or an unsafe place? Is the world, your world, a safe place or an unsafe place? So whatever your answer is, that's the belief you're unconsciously holding. So many people believe that you have to constantly protect yourself because this world is not a safe place to live but live in. And I'm not talking about, you know, the war-ridden countries. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking to you. If you're listening to this, you're probably, you know, in a pretty safe place. I mean, like, I, I'm just going to take that for granted because the fact that you're listening to a podcast itself says something, right? Like you, of, of where you're living. You have the luxury of listening to a podcast. Think about it, really. And so, if you feel like the world is an unsafe place, then then that's a belief you're living from. Now, there's no right or wrong. I really want you to, I'm inviting you to look at it from a different perspective. There's no right or wrong. It's how you feel. It's how you feel when you look at a belief. If you feel the world is an unsafe place and you have to constantly watch your back and people are out there to take advantage of you and you're fine about it, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't interfere with your life, which I think it, if, if you say yes, it doesn't bother me that I think that think this way about the world. Well, I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> then that's fine. Keep that belief. But if you feel restricted and constricted and trapped in your life and you have to constantly like your nervous system is shattered because you're constantly like, who's going to take advantage of me? It's time to change that belief. It doesn't make you feel good, right? Like that's often my barometer for like seeing, is this belief working for me or is this not? If it doesn't make you feel good, then that belief is not working for you, my friend. That it's not working for you. And you may, you, you may or may not already know this, but I'm really inviting you to start taking a look at your life very, very intentionally, very consciously. So I had a client once, very, 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 very successful person, very, very, like he had started many different companies, but he grew up in extreme poverty. And in growing up in extreme poverty, what he learned was he had to fight for things. Like unless he had to fight for things, he can't, he couldn't have what he wanted because that was how he grew up. And did that work for him? Absolutely. It brought him to where he is today, right? Like how the, you know, doing, being so successful in the career because he's like, I'm not going to give up, right? That's the belief. I am not giving up. Amazing belief. At the same time, what he was starting to realize is fighting for things is not working for him. Having the belief that he has to fight for something because he's now at a place where he can say, I allow things to happen. Things are easy for me. 
Things don't have to be hard because that was another aspect of that belief. Yes, I can have what I want, but I have to fight for it. Look at that energy, right? Whereas I can have what I want and it's easy. Things just come to me easy and effortlessly. How does either of those two feel to you? That's what I'm inviting you to start looking at. And that's, and that's, that was his experience. So I'm not saying all beliefs are negative, but is that belief working for you? Right? That's the piece you want to constantly ask yourself. Now, let me ask you, what were you told about money, about relationships, and about your own self? What were you directly or indirectly told? You know, I'm a parent right now, so I often watch how how my kids interact and how my husband and I interact around the kids. Sometimes we're talking about them. And I'm very conscious about it. I don't, I try not to do it. I try. Here's the word try, right? So I have to be very mindful of not talking about them when they're doing something around them. Because even if it's something positive, I don't want them to have that feeling that we're, ta- we're they're being talked about. This is just, I'm very, very conscious about how I parent them. I make a lot of mistakes. At the same time, I'm aware of like, oh, is this working? I'm always evaluating what is working and what isn't. So that's another way that you learn about yourself. What did your parents speak about you? You know, sometimes you hear parents talk, you know, this is also as a parent, I find myself doing this. My my children might do something really cute and sweet, and I might tell my sister about it. I might call her up and I'm talking about them to my sister. But see, my kids don't have any context for that, right? Like they're overhearing something. They could overhear something and make a completely different meaning out of it. And so just awareness. So what were you told about you Like, what did you observe your parents say about you to others? Or what did they say to you directly? It's so subtle. And it's all like, it's, it's so subtle. And the, the impact is more on the unconscious mind rather than the conscious mind. See, you know, even my three year old, I'm going to give you a personal example. I have a three year old and an almost seven year old. My three year old is going to be four soon in, in January. And now she's my, my sweet little baby girl is very petite. That's just her, how her body structure is. Now I have to watch myself to not keep saying that, Oh, you're small. You're small because she is probably fine for her age. But when I see her in comparison to my almost seven year old who is very tall for his age, she feels small, but I have to be careful because I, again, it's very, very unconsciously done sometimes and, and thoughtlessly done, like saying these things. And I, I'm very, I want to be careful about that. Now it means, it might, it means nothing. If I, if I, you know, this whole thing might have no meaning, but if I continue reinforcing that she's small, I'm not so sure what she's going to think about it as she starts growing up, right? Is she going to say like, oh, I'm small, that means whatever. See, another great example from my own childhood, you know, I was told from a very young age that I have a weak constitution, whatever that meant, whatever that is, these were the exact words used. And I used to have a lot of gut issues and stomach issues when I was little that continued for a long time. And you've heard of all my history with my autoimmune and all that. But the message I got was my physical body is weak. 
nature, nurture, God, who knows, <laughs> who knows. But I continue to be sick till I stop buying into it anymore. And now I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life and I'm in my 40s. But I stopped buying into that story that my body is weak. You know, I still wonder, you've heard my story about my autoimmune stuff, like I still wonder what would have happened if I bought into what the doctors even told me, right? That I could never get better. I had to live, I could probably never have children. Like I have to live with this with medications for the rest of my life. Who knows? What if I bought into that belief? Now, I'm not saying this This is not meant as a medical advice to any of you listening. I just want to be absolutely clear. I'm just sharing my personal story. I didn't. I'm sharing this because these messages are so subtle. And if we buy into them, they become beliefs. And then we live our entire lifetime from that belief. You know how many times I've heard people say, oh, I just get headaches. Like, that's just who I am. I'm like, how do you know that? How do you know that you're, that's just who you are? And what makes you want to even live with that? So question everything. I tell my kids this too. Question everything, everything. Because the, anything that you are living with is probably just a story or a belief you've told yourself or that was told to you. So here is my biggest takeaway from the second reason for you. Life is hard because you have told yourself that life is hard. Life is hard because you've told yourself that life is hard. You know, my mentor, Don Javier, says, life is this way or that way because you tell yourself that life is this way or that way. Life is this way or that way because you tell yourself life is this way or that way. Your life is the way it is because you've told yourself that this is how your life is. Now, if you don't like how your life looks, just change the story, people. Let's change it. Now, another reason, I know, my goodness, this episode is turning to be much longer than what I expected. We're almost there. So another reason why we make life hard is because of energetic imprints. I mentioned that prior, and this is one of my core pillars of how I do this work. Because anytime, anytime you have an experience, especially a traumatic experience, it leaves an energetic imprint. Now, what is trauma? Trauma is anything, any experience you've had where you did not feel in control of that experience. And it's as simple as that or as complicated as that. But any experience you've had in your life where you did not feel in control. And that could also be because you didn't have the coping mechanisms. You know, as a three-year-old, you have a certain level of coping mechanisms. As a 45-year-old, you have a certain certain level of coping mechanism. So trauma is anything that we don't have the ability to deal with. And what might be traumatic to you might not be traumatic, traumatic to another person. So it's, it's really subjective. So we have no way of saying, oh, yours is, that's not trauma because you have no 
way of understanding what was that person's experience. So an energetic imprint happens when we experience an event and and we have and and then it leaves some kind of impression for us. So you may move on from that experience, but it leaves a memory. It leaves a memory is not the right word. So the best way to describe it is say your palms are sweaty. Okay. Now you go to a window or a glass pane and you put your sweaty palms on that glass pane, the glass or the window. And when you take your palm off, you will see like just like a mark, right? And then after some time, that mark disappears. An energetic imprint is pretty much like that, except it doesn't disappear. It kind of gets etched in the subconscious mind. Um, you know, if you haven't watched that movie, that it's a really, it's a Disney movie. It's called In and Out, I think. In and Out? Is that the little girl with like different parts of her? It's like really, um, it's a pretty interest. It's like a really nice movie. But it'll give you a sense of what these energetic imprints do, like what happens, like how it plays out in your life. It's really good. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It'll give you a better sense of this. And what happens is that we move on from this experience, but it leaves an imprint and then it informs how we live our life, how we show up in the world. I'm going to share with you a personal story. So for the longest time when I was growing up, right, and and also in Right into right till I started doing this work, until the awakening process hit, you know, till I till <laughs> this is the best way I describe it. Like it's like I had no other way other than to face these things. Till that 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 time, I used to live my life with massive fears, and those fears were of everything. Like I just lived life with in fear, not even knowing I was living life in fear riddled with anxiety and like worry and like the worst case scenario and preparing for the worst case scenario. Life was just a struggle. And in that struggle, I also had this fear of people leaving. Now, uh, it, the way it would show up is not like people would leave, but people would stop liking me. And somehow it would be my fault. Okay. So this unconsciously, this is how I, I, I lived. And, and, it, and it would show up with friendships. It would show up in intimate relationships. It would show up, you know, with any kind of relationship I would have. And, and I had no idea why I had this fear of people leaving. And, and basically it would come down to not feeling loved. Like I'll be like, oh my God, like they're going to stop liking me or loving me. And this was years and years and years ago, okay? And it ruled my life in the most subtle and the most overt ways. Like I just, and like I, I would do anything to not upset a friendship. I would not speak my mind because I would be like, oh my God, if I say this, they're not going to like me. It would just play out in the most subtle and overt ways. I was very restrictive, very restrictive. Now, now, now this is the amazing part, right? Because I didn't know any other way, it just felt like this is how life was. This is how I lived because I didn't know any other way. And and then 
And then my, you know, like my awakening process hit in the form of illness, like severe illness of the autoimmune disorder, like I've mentioned in other episodes. And if you haven't listened to any of them, please go ahead and listen right from the beginning. There's a lot of like, you know, amazing nuggets of how this can apply to your own life. And when I was sick, I'm sharing the story for a reason. I'm going to connect it all back for you. So when I was very sick, I went to see a cranial sacral therapist because I was searching for answers for my illness, which wasn't found in the Western medicine world. I was in all kinds of medications. Nothing worked, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I also sought out other modalities of healing. So I saw a cranial sacral therapist and I was so sick that my mom had to come and help me out. And so she was here with me and she was sitting right next to me. The therapist was working on me. And at some point, my my... So this this therapist looks at my mom and says to her, these were her exact words, and I remember this so clearly because I was lying on the table. And she said to my mom, and she says, why did you leave her? And I looked at my mom. My mom looked at me, and we both were like, what is she talking about? Okay. She said, why did you leave her when she was a baby? Holy cow. The amount of, like, everything opened up for me at that time. Everything started to make sense. You see, when I was around six months old, my mom and my, my parents, obviously, my parents and my sister, my sister's four years older than me, and my mom was very young. You know, we grew up, like I've, like I've mentioned before, I grew up in India, very traditional family. My mom was very young. She had my sister when she was 20 and me at 24, so very, very young. And it was overwhelming for her having two children and in-laws and, you know, like cultural stuff and a lot of stuff was happening. So my mom was very overwhelmed. And like I called my mom for help. She called her mom for help. And my grandmother took me for a few months because she wanted to help my mom out. Now, they didn't live in the same city. They lived very far away. So my grandmother took me to live to live with her for a few months. And so my mother could get a handle of her life and everything what was happening. Now, I knew this story, but that's all I knew. Like my grandmother took me for a few months and then I went back to live with my parents. <laughs> but somehow, right, at six months old, the energetic impression of that left was I was abandoned. And that somehow... The, again, like unconsciously, like even at that age, even at six months old, I had formed a belief that it was my fault. Like I was too much and I was a very colicky baby that, that's added stories to that, right? Like I was telling you, weak constitution, very sick throughout your life, like all kinds of stuff. So I was a very colicky baby and probably cried the heck out all the time, overwhelming my mom even more. And looks like that was the belief I formed. I had no idea. But when she said that, and then the story came out, like, like what was happening with my mom at that time, and all this, like, we just uncovered everything in that session, <laughs> sitting, you know, lying on the table with the craniosacral person working on me, everything started to make sense. She released something for me at that time. She released that energetic imprint that I didn't even know I was carrying. <laughs> isn't it isn't it crazy but 
The reason I'm sharing this, again, I'm going to bring it back to you. This is how powerful these energetic imprints are. And it is, it's, it's, and it's not, not just me. I uncover this with my clients all the time, all the time. And it's some of these things are like, they are like, how is this connected with this? I have no idea why is this connected with this, but oh my God, it makes complete sense. And you know, I'll give you another example. This is really, this, this is also eye-opening, not my personal example, a client's example. My client struggled with weight. No matter what she did, she just couldn't lose the weight. And when we did this process, right, and we uncovered some beliefs she had about her body and her weight and everything, we, when I did a process with her, I, I walked my clients through a particular process of uncovering this energetic imprint connected with the belief it took us back to a time when she was super, super young. And actually not that young, like probably in her late teens or something like that. And she had a very shameful experience with her body. And and somehow, for some reason, again, she concluded that she had to hide behind a weight. And so that that experience i'm not going to share that experience but that experience left an imprint and she didn't she had forgotten about this and on the on the surface these incidents may not even feel related but when your unconscious mind the subconscious mind it, that knows the connection and in this process, I just go directly to the subconscious mind to uncover that, and then we clear it out. And by clearing that imprint, it allows you to be you again, right? And for my client, it allowed her to be her and realize that, oh, she doesn't have to carry this weight anymore. She doesn't have to do that. That experience is gone. We don't have to go back there again. We don't have to carry this dead weight anymore. And that can happen when you we ha you clear the imprints energetically, and then you also clear the beliefs associated with that. And by now you're like, oh my God, I am doomed. I have no idea what imprints I'm carrying. <laughs> I have no idea what beliefs I'm carrying. How on earth am I going to uncover all of this? There's no hope for me. If you're thinking that, please let it go because there is, there's always solutions available. And it, even if it's deep rooted and we don't have to uncover every single experience. And this is one of the reasons I don't do therapy anymore because it's not, we don't have to go through every experience in the past. It's a waste of time and it's a waste of your resource, inner resource and external resources as well. Because I'm not a big fan of, of digging the past. It serves no purpose. The only reason I go to the past with my clients or even with my own self to see where is it rooted in the present time. See, for me, it was rooted in the present time of like sphere of abandonment, right? And for my client, it is rooted in the fact that she wasn't able to lose weight. So it's rooted in the present. So we always go, what is happening in the present? How is it affecting your life now? And is there a belief connected with that from the past? And if there is, then we clear the belief from a brain level and we also clear the belief from an energetic level. So let's talk about, goodness, this episode is turning to be very long. <laughs> 
So let's talk about how to shift it. How to shift this. The first thing you want to start doing immediately is be a hawk when it comes to your thoughts. Really, thoughts and emotions are connected. Before an emotion, there's always a thought associated with that. Anytime you start feeling anxious, fearful, there's always a thought connected with that. Ask yourself, what are you telling yourself right now? Like, what is your inner dialogue? Your inner dialogue makes a huge difference. You know, just yesterday, I was telling a client of mine who's looking for a job to be aware of his narrative, inner narrative. You know, he hasn't, he had an inner narrative of job interviews are hard. Job interviews are stressful. So what else can you say to yourself? Can you say, no, I'm, I love, I'm enjoying this process. Oh, I get to meet new people. I can't see what's so much more is possible for me from this place. So, be very, very, very mindful of your thoughts. If you don't like what you're thinking, meaning like if it doesn't feel good, change that thought. Move move your attention to something else because if you don't, you're going to be stuck in that thought. It's like a vortex. It'll suck you in. If your money or your relationship situation, because these are often the common struggles where it shows up, these beliefs, if it's not where you want it to be, Write down your old story or belief around it and then write a new story. What is a new story that you can form around this? If you're saying making money is hard, what if you, what if you subscribe to a belief that making money is easy, money is everywhere, it flows to me, it piles up in my bank account, right? You can do, you can do different, just shift those money stories. Shift those relationship stories. Shift those career stories. And and lastly, clearing those energetic imprints is vital. It's like roots of a tree. If you don't clear these energetic imprints, they will continue to grow. This is why oftentimes it's like you just feel stuck where you are no matter what you do because you haven't cleared the energetic imprints from that. And I can't teach you how to do it on a podcast. I do this. I do. I, I do this with my clients. I teach them. But I recommend some finding someone to work on that piece. And the last step, which is the most important piece in all of this, is to take actions. Because without action, just sitting and just writing down your beliefs and your stories is not going to help you. That's not enough. And what do I mean by actions? Actions means actively. It can it can mean anything from actively shifting your thoughts, saying, I'm not available for this anymore. And it can also mean taking action, saying, okay, if I'm not available for this type of thoughts anymore, what else can I do at this time? So for, for you know, for instance, and there was a client of mine who had a very difficult, is very again like very successful, and had a difficult experience with uh, with with the with the job, and that left again an energetic imprint that made him question question every every decision he was making from that point on. So the action step for him was. To no, not showing up for doubt anymore, saying, nope, I'm doing this because I know I believe in it and not live from a place of fear that he might make a mistake again, right? And so actions can be any of these things. 
So let's summarize. Goodness, this is a very long episode. And let me summarize. So the many different reasons why we make life hard. And in order to shift from that perspective, start to pay very close attention to your thoughts. Start to uncover the beliefs that you're holding about any of the things that are not working for you in your life. And lastly, clear the energetic imprints and finally take actions. All right. So my friends, I am so glad you're here. If you found value in this episode, please share your breakthroughs via via social media, via especially via Instagram. That's where I often hang out. Instagram and LinkedIn is where you'll find me. So share your breakthroughs on Instagram. And also, please write a review, subscribe and write a review um, for this podcast. So this can reach other people too, because I know that you love helping people because those are the people who are often attracted to my podcast. So if you like helping people, please write a review. It, um, it would mean the world to me. And as a way of reciprocity, I invite you to take a screenshot and send it to support at padmaali.com and my team will send you a gift card. So that's it, folks. I'm delighted you're here. I will talk to you next week.